1: and can be attributed to the dedicated service and the blood, sweat, and tears of many generations of our nation's military. The military hour is dedicated to the servicemen and women, veterans, and their families that have made the sacrifice to defend our Constitution and country. Military
0: service is being part of something that is greater than yourself, General Joseph Dunford, 19th Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And now, it's the Military Hour with your host, Chad Wooten.
1: And good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Military Hour on Lions Radio. I am your host, Chad Wooten, coming to you live From the coast of South Carolina, uh, out here with one of my many foundations that we work with, uh, helping to boost some resiliency. And that's going to be our topic for today uh, as we go forward. I have a special guest, uh, Derek Popham, who is a Marine infantry veteran and a very dear friend of mine. Um, So, this being our first uh, true military hour owned by me, I'd like to kind of just give you an understanding of what we're going to be doing not only today, uh, but from here on out and into the future. So um, what we're going to try and do is uh, get on the program and discuss and address warfighters' experiences, uh, talk about transition and ways to overcome obstacles. Uh, We're going to discuss Past and current issues with veterans and care continuums, whether it be the VA or the DOD or Med Boards. Uh, We're also going to really focus on resiliency. That's going to be a reoccurring theme. Um, We're going to have guests on that are going to be able to help us discuss topics that are going to provide viewers with real-time and real-world solutions to veterans uh, of all wars. And you know, whether you're a, a family member of a veteran, if you are a veteran yourself. Um, the spouse of a veteran. Um, all of you, uh, I, I want you to know that you have a special place in my heart, and I'm honored if you are uh, listening. And I'm hoping that whether it's the uh, the vet out there that's hurting right now or, or the family member that just wants to step up and help them out, I hope and uh, uh, pray that we're going to be able to give you some tools to take to them to move forward and continue in a positive way and uh, address some things that are really out there that uh, you know we talk about, but uh, how to get how to get some help, how to find the right resources, and uh, how to approach it maturely and uh, with a positive mindset, I think is, is going to be one of the things that if, uh, if I could say has gotten me the furthest in my transition, it would be a positive mindset. So um, with that said, I, I really appreciate everybody who's out there um, listening to us today uh, across the nation, uh, family, friends, and uh, everybody. Um, from Upstate Warrior Solution, Vantage Point, and uh, uh, Project Healing Waters, Focus Marine Foundation, and all of uh, all of the network of friends that I've amassed in my transition. I'd really like to thank you all and give you a shout out for how you've helped me and uh, got me moving in the right direction and got me to where I'm at today. Um, that's why I'm so honored that uh, I have uh, my special guest, Derek Popham, on today. He, uh, he's a, a man who, uh, it, it, it was told to me once, He's just one of those guys that it's an, it's a privilege to know. So um, we'll be getting to him here a little bit later. Um, but what we're going to do is go ahead and, uh, and roll into the broadcast. Um, I'd like to, uh, Jonathan Dresden, um, who is also a Marine, he's, uh, he's working the board for us and uh, helping me out with the technical side so that I can sit up here and run my mouth uh, without having to try and play uh, data because that wasn't my job in the Marine Corps. And I, I may be all right at a PowerPoint, but. Uh, Still not my specialty so Jonathan thank you for being with us uh, even in silence and um, thank you specifically to Donna Lyons for uh, bringing me on finding me and asking me to uh, to do this for uh, not myself but for the community and, and the veterans that are out there that you know they need to hear some positive words of motivation and that's really that's really where we're going to be driving so um, with that said uh, I'd like to kind of go back um, in, in the episode that we had um, where I was a guest on and we had um, Andy Manzi from Warrior Surf, uh, who I'm currently out here with and uh, on the coast, um, and Kim Bradley from Vantage Point Focus Marines and the Navy Marine Corps Elite Society Combat Casualty Triage Nurses. Um, we were able to talk to them. Um, I was able to tell you a little bit about me. Um, but now that uh, Donna has given me the opportunity to have my own show, I kind of want to, you know, just set the baseline and, you know, kind of compound and uh, explain a little bit further into um My career and how it got me uh, to where I'm at today. From getting out of the Marine Corps in late 2016, uh, November is when I uh, went on terminal, but my actual date of getting out was January 1st. So, um, for those of you in the know, that means I got 90 days of paid time to go and grow a beard and uh, and go and wander and find myself. And you know, the truth is that I thought that was going to be enough, and I was going to hit the ground running when I moved to South Carolina and to college and get all this stuff going and it was just going to be fluid. But the truth is, um, as many of us know, as many as as many of us have seen, um, there's a lot of obstacles. And uh, one of the things that I've learned over working and, and having the privilege of going to some of these courses to, to help to get me uh, some resiliency and some, some way ahead, um, you've got to want it. And not only do you got to want it, but uh, it's OK to be lost as long as you're willing to keep your feet moving, because as long as you're making progress somewhere, whether, no matter what you're doing, as long as you keep your feet moving, you've got something that is driving you forward. Um, The pieces will fall into place, and hopefully through my my podcast here and uh, some of the resources that we're going to discuss today, um, maybe you'll find some ways to help yourself or help someone who's who's struggling right now. Um, Find resiliency and, and, and a new passion and a new drive and a, and a way to pick themselves up by the straps and do what us military members do best, and that's hook and jab and get back in the fight. The only difference is now our fight is uh, is is a, a personal struggle. It is, uh, it is no longer the war on the other side. It's no longer, you know, helping your brothers to your left and right. That's all gone for the most part. You, you have to find yourself. You have to find new brothers. Um, and But the hardest thing for all of us is to help ourselves because we're great we're great at uh, you know being able to manage and 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 provide for the men under our charge and, and around us um, but when we get out you know we realize that man I could be in control of you know 30 men and take them to war bring them back and you know keep them sane in peacetime and and moving forward with uh, you know their marriages and their relationships and you know but the truth is that a lot of times it falls apart once you get out because you don't have the military system around. So, you know, when you when you lose all of that and it's just you taking care of you, um, it can be very overwhelming to say the least. So, um, I'm personally very uh, very new in my transition, um, you know, just getting out about a year ago. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have the people that are around me that have helped me to, to get where I'm at. So, um, before I go into that, I'd really like to, uh, to kind of talk about a little bit more of my military career. Um, so just brief recap, you know, last time we talked about, I joined the Marine Corps, left Texas in 2006, um, became a machine gunner, two tours to Iraq, came back and was selected, uh, to go over to the, uh, Marine Special Operations side of the house. Um, and, uh, and then unfortunately I ran out of time and I kind of just, uh, had to move to the next thing and get Andy on board. So I want to, I want to close up, uh, you know, I guess the, the end of my military career, uh, a decade of service and, uh, and take that and talk about what my last year has been through the ups and downs. So we're going to start with that. In, uh, 2011, I left and, uh, went to assessment and selection for MARSOC. I made it. Um, and, uh, I, I was really proud of that. I, I went over to, uh, the training course, individual training course, and uh, you know, had some the privilege of standing around some of the most honorable and uh, upstanding men that I've ever had the privilege of being around. And it, it, I mean, I can't even. I mean, it felt like I was walking amongst giants. And uh, and we were just just striving and driving to be like them. Unfortunately, in that time, uh, right before we we had to go to uh, survival school. Um, I tore my shoulder out and, uh, the docs looked at me and they were like, Hey man, you're not going to be able to, uh, you know, make it through SEER school. We know, we know what the rigors are going to do to you and they're going to, they're going to kind of mess your back up and your shoulder and, you know, you're going to be doing some stuff that let's, uh, let's just try and get you some help. Let's get you some medical assistance. Let's roll you to the next class and we'll get your shoulder healed up and you rock and roll. Long and short of that, um, I sat over, uh, with Marsak and, uh, holding platoon waiting to pick back up. And, um, I had healed myself. I denied surgery. Um, I worked with the MARSOC uh, care team and they've got great, um, physical therapists, uh, shout out to Rita Chorba. She's a, a godsend for all of us. Um, and, uh, so I, I thought I was good. Um, luckily the, uh, the command is, is thorough. And, you know, before we kick back up class and I, I got to go back that you know, the Colonel looked at the doc and said, Hey man, you know, where's he at? And they look at it from a right now to, to, Future, um, where where is that individual at? Whereas I'm sitting there wanting just to get back into the class with my boys, but they had the uh, the insight to say, all right, you know, this guy's at about 80%. But you know, my doc said, sir, um, if you if you put him through, he's either going to be a broken product coming out the back end, or he's going to hurt himself so bad, like he may have to get out of the Marine Corps. So let's uh, let's give him a chance. And so they did. They wrote me a letter and said that I could come back once I was uh, full duty post surgery uh, for six months. Um, and they sent me back to the fleet and I had the, uh, the absolute privilege of going to third battalion, six Marines. Um, I I got to be in one seven with, uh, you know, the illustrious history of John Bassalone and, uh, suicide, Charlie, and, uh, you know, Chesty puller as our, as our guiding lights. And you get over to third battalion, six Marines, and you put on that four J and you realize that you're part of, you know, a history that's, that's so old in, in the Marine Corps that it's, uh, it's just nothing but an honor, man. And so you get there and I, I had uh, gotten there as a Sergeant. Uh, I was a machine gunner um, and really didn't know what to do. I I knew uh, the combined anti-armor team world because that's what I was in in first battalion, seventh Marines. Um, So I went over there and and I thrived. I did pretty well. Uh, Worked my way up from squad leader up to platoon sergeant, Um, had uh, amazing mentors, guys that guided me, Um, great first sergeants, and uh and then ultimately uh, got to work with one of the coolest officers i've ever known that's uh austin muffley he was my platoon commander um while i was a sergeant and we were running this platoon of big moving trucks and big boomers for the battalion we had missiles and the heaviest machine guns and it was uh it was cool man it's uh it's every sergeant's dream to be in control of you know 30 some odd guys eight trucks that can just wield death and destruction uh no matter where they go and um also support and uh, and aid the battalion in other ways. So um, got to develop there. I got to I got to be mentored and, and driven by by great guys. Um, I made my mistakes uh, as we all do as a leader um, early on, and I really took 3-6 as my opportunity uh, as an NCO to to develop, mentor, and uh, and and be compassionate as opposed to you know that mean NCO that all all junior Marines are so scared of. Um, and that was uh i got to say that, that in in my entire career i think that being a platoon sergeant with those guys for that year that's um, the best and uh biggest honor that i got while i was in there i mean i i look back on that and that's like when i look at my career that's that's what always comes to mind so um love those boys at cat 1 um we did some great things um knocked out two more deployments um and uh you know i had I had gone back to the Marsock recruiter when I got back from that first deployment, I was healed. I got my surgery at Duke university on my left shoulder. I was healed up. I'm like, I'm good to go. Went to the recruiter and they're like, sorry, bud. You're too senior of a sergeant now, Sarge. You gotta, you gotta keep doing what you're doing. I, I thought I was like, Hey, I got a letter. No, no, no. This isn't how it goes. And you know, sometimes big, big Marine Corps has other ideas. So, um, long and short of that, um, coming up to my fifth deployment, uh, in the Marine Corps, I was, I was with, uh, with three, six again. And I got a call from, uh, one of my old platoon commanders and he was, uh, he was up in DC and he said, Hey man, they got a short class over at, uh, over at the schoolhouse. You want to go back? And I'm absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind. This is what I've been wanting to do. So uh, I went back and um, you know, I kind of, I career screwed myself. I had never as a, as an NCO or as a, as a grunt, I had never left the fleet. I'd always been a machine gunner uh, at schools or, you know, uh, doing other things, but I never, I never went and did recruiting. I never went and did, you know, drill instructor, all those things that diversify you. Um, so I, if I was going to pick up staff, it was with three, six, but I put all my eggs in one basket, went back to Marsoc And was like, I got this Picked back up an ITC got to be amongst really great guys. Again, um, got to see a lot of old faces. That was nice. Um, went at it with a much more mature attitude. And, uh, unfortunately, the body does what it does. And, um, while I was doing some, some training, uh, my body deteriorated um, just 10 years of beating myself up with heavy packs and jumping out of trucks with flax on and all that stuff. It caught up. So uh, that's when I, you know, ended up on a med board. Come to find out I've got two torn shoulders, my left shoulder that was already torn, three torn, right shoulders, torn backs blown out TBI. I'm like, okay, crap. How did I not know all this is going on? I was just, the thing was, I was, I was pushing through it, but I wasn't listening to my body, which is something that um we'll probably have a a separate segment on because uh, learning to accept your limitations and learning to listen to your body is something that I've never been good at, but I'm having to teach myself. So talk about that at a later, later time. But so in uh, 2016, I was living on the beach um, out in uh, North Carolina and uh, I was over at the schoolhouse, helping out some of the instructors um, uh, at the schoolhouse while I was working my med board, went through the TBI clinic, traumatic brain injury clinic on campus, June. It was wonderful. Um, and started to realize that, man, I was way more messed up than I thought. And, uh, so I got out and really what happened is I, I got out and moved to Greenville, South Carolina with the intention of going to Clemson and in the, uh, in, in about three, four months, um, I, I really just crumbled. I was at the lowest and um, I had lost all my boys. I no longer had a mission. Um, all my buddies were moving on and going on cool deployments and still getting to do the things I wanted. And I felt helpless. I couldn't, because even when I was in service, if, if I wasn't in that unit, I still felt like I could reach and do something at some point. So you lose that. You lose all of your best friends. You lose your lifestyle. Um, and then on top of that, they throw at you that, you know, you've got all these injuries. Oh, and now, you know, hey, did you ever know you had ADHD? And <laughs> anybody that knows me knows that <laughs> I'm, I am poster child for ADHD. But, uh, you know, 30 years old, you look at the doc. I'm like, nah, man, I, I just always do a lot of stuff. So, you know, and then they start to talk to you about your psychological stuff and, you know, then you're always in pain. And then, you know, you don't have a job. I'm a hundred percent disabled. And I'm so I'm just kind of sitting in the mountains with my dog Rocky and hanging out and not, not making forward progress. So that's when, uh, that's when I had the, uh, my first encounter with uh, with the nonprofit world and what it can do for you and, and the resources that are available for you out in uh, not only the VA, but just in your communities, in your state as a nation, there are a lot of organizations that have stepped up to really try and help those guys that were where I was sitting. And um, so with that said, um, I'm going to go ahead and transition into, you know, where I am now. Um, I'm currently working for Upstate Warrior Solution in Greenville as the outreach coordinator. Um, and uh on a daily basis I get to go out and uh in the in the community and impact veterans' lives and, it, and it's uh it's a beautiful thing and I'm I'm honored that I get to do that. But the only reason that I'm I am where I am is because when I when I was uh in those uh dark places and when I was up in the woods, um I had a wonderful lady from the from the VA. She was my uh my case coordinator. Um, the OAF OI, and OEF case coordinator for my area. And if you're a veteran and you don't know that if you have one, you do, and if you don't, you should. So find them. Um, but she she really grabbed me and was like, "Hey, man, like I see I see something in you, but we need to we need to help you out right now." And luckily, I was caught early in my transition. We're talking three months out. Um, I was I was uh, I was caught in the net of what turned into today, and it's a it's a wonderful thing. So. Um, I'm going to go ahead and transition now and I'd like to welcome my special guest, Derek Popham. Um, Derek was a, a Marine machine gunner, uh, my, one of my brothers, John Bass, uh, and New uh, And so I'm going to go ahead and uh, let him go ahead and, and kind of talk about what, what he's seen in military transition and, and maybe where he found me and how, how, uh, how this process that Upstate Warrior Solution has been doing for a while. Um, was refined to the point of uh, being able to to grab dudes like me and get me out of my rut. Dude, thank you, Chad. And, uh, man, just a huge
0: thanks to uh, Lions Radio Network, Chad, man, everybody involved in this production uh, for giving me the opportunity to come on here and bump my gums, run my mouth for a few minutes. I tell you, man, it's such a privilege uh, to live in a country where we can can speak freely, uh, regardless of your opinion or what you think, uh, what side you stand on, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're all Americans. We're all one people. And I just want to thank everybody involved for giving me a chance. You know, Chad mentioned it. Uh, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps. I, I grew up in the upstate South Carolina. I was raised in a little town called Six Mile, uh, about 850 people. Uh, Dad was a Vietnam veteran. Both of my grandfathers fought in World War II. Uh, I had a great grandfather that fought in the, in, the, in World War One. You know, just a, a long uh, military heritage, uh, and my family was very proud of that. So, you know, I maybe had some potential that I didn't see at the time or did, didn't really care about and found an opportunity after high school uh, to join the Marine Corps and did. And, you know, looking back was uh, one of the greatest things that I'd ever done. It's something I'd like to talk about a little bit later in the show uh, when we get into the resiliency piece. But joined the joined the Marine Corps kind of uh, in an untraditional way. Uh, I was a knucklehead and dropped out of high school. Um and really my only way, way in at that time was uh, in, into the reserves. So I met a recruiter and he was able to get me in because of uh, some of the scores that I got on the ASVAB, had that ability. Um, you know, joined the Marine Corps, went in, uh, on down the road, I was, I was in the reserves for a little while, but had the full intention uh, of transitioning over and uh, doing an augmentation package to go on active duty and did so at about a year in. So augmented over, ended up on, uh, uh, serving up in North Carolina, coming back on recruit duty in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, right before right before I left for recruit duty, uh, I was stationed up in North Carolina, and I already had orders to go out to California, uh, and September 11th took place. Um, you know, we, we all in the Marine Corps, everybody at that point knew what was getting ready to happen. You know, we were uh, getting ready to, to, to get in the fight. Uh, there was no way for me to get out of those there orders at that time, so I had to push on out to recruit duty. Went out there, did what I had to do, Uh, 2004, ended that up, and was able to transition to 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines up to Camp Lejeune, went in there as a machine gunner, Um, got to deploy twice uh, with some of the greatest Americans that I've ever met, and had the privilege to be around, Uh, was able to be a machine gun section leader for a while, was a platoon sergeant for a while, Uh, you know, just can't say enough, and think about them every day, and in complete uh, awe at some of the things that I saw from some of the young men, some of the finest young men this country can produce uh, on the battlefield. I'm talking about 19, 20, 21-year-old guys uh, that were uh, millions of years ahead of where I was at at that age and taking on responsibilities that uh, people just can't understand unless you've been there and experienced it. But left there, uh, was transitioned over to the School of Infantry East, uh, ended up as a uh, Marine combat instructor for a little while there, and was then able to transition in to – uh, advanced Infantry Training Battalion, and had the privilege to be the chief instructor uh, at the Advanced uh, Machine Gun Leadership Course, uh, top-level school for machine gunners in the Marine Corps, and got to run that schoolhouse. Uh, it was just an amazing opportunity and amazing experience. During all that, uh, kind of like Chad was talking about, you know, you take a beat and you do these, you know, things happen to your body. I was actually injured in, uh, over in Iraq a little bit, and uh, just, you know, things that kept getting worse, getting worse, you kept putting it off, you know, you're in charge, you're in that leadership position, you can't show weakness, all those things that are drilled into our heads. And while I was PTing with uh, some of my students at Advanced Machine Gun Leaders course, flipping tires, I uh, went down the PT field, couldn't move my leg, uh, had uh, some paralysis that sat in. You know, being the knucklehead that we are as veterans, I had those guys pick me up, carry me back over to my office, set me on the couch, uh, took about a, a bottle of Advil to, to, to walk it off and uh, started getting some feeling back, some movement back, came back to work. Uh, That kept getting worse day by day. Uh, Next thing you know, man, I'm in the hospital. MRI is done. I've got a broken back. Uh, At that point, you know, the Marine Corps was trending down. I had uh, been in over 15 years at that time, um, and the decision was made to be put on a med board. I fought it tooth and nail. Uh, But like Chad said, when the big green machine makes a decision, sometimes uh, you, you, you don't get to uh, be involved in that decision-making point. So I uh, was medically retired on February 29th of 2012 and moved back to the upstate of South Carolina with my family. Uh, during that time, I met a guy, an uh, old recon Marine that was in, in the 80s. It was working uh, for a, a power company in the upstate. you know. And uh, we were together between Christmas and New Year's and shooting pool, kind of doing some things Marines do and just talking. And, and he asked me, you know, what's your next step, man? What are you going to do? And I I told him, I said, you know, I honestly don't know. I know I've got a wife. I've got two kids. uh, I've got these issues. You know, back's killing me. I've already had had one surgery. I know I've got another one coming. Uh, And, you know, ended up having to get a spinal fusion done. Um, I don't know. And he's like, well, man, I can get you a job. So he did. Uh, Was very fortunate. I was still on terminal leave and and able to step into uh, work right away. Uh, But, man, looking back on it, uh, that's where things really started going wrong. You know, I think it was at that point you know, I had not dealt with anything. Any of the issues that you pick up and they're different from everybody, um, you know, any of the issues that I had picked up in service, whether it be overseas or anywhere, you know, I had not even thought about, had not dealt with. You know, and we use the term in the fight. You know, I've still been in the fight up until that point, so it wasn't a big deal to me. But then I get into the workplace and, and man, to say it was funny would be an understatement. Like, I come kicking over trash cans, threatening to, threatening to kill people because they hid my lunch. I mean, you name it, I'm doing it, just like I'm still in the Corps, just like I'm still around my boys, you know, because you can get away with those kind of things, and they maybe understand, or we laugh it off and move on. But uh, it, it was not good. It was not a good transition. And during that time, I uh, got a call after the fact, unfortunately, that one of the Marines that, uh, that I looked up to and respected the most was, uh, had been killed by a SWAT team on his front porch and, uh, you know, was going through PTSD issues. And and I'll be honest with you, like, I, when I left 3-2 and moved on over to the School of Infantry, had lost track with this guy, Uh, did not know that he was suffering from these issues, you know, felt guilty about that. Um, Again, respect this Marine to the utmost. Um, The fact that he was dealing with these issues raised some awareness for me. It made me think about things. It made, me, it made me question some things. If, if he had some issues, then anybody could have some issues. If he had issues, did I have issues? The things that I was doing, the way I was acting, you know, what was that all about? The fact that this guy had those issues shocked me, to be quite honest, because every time I saw him, he was solid. He was a go-to guy. He was the guy you leaned on. He was kind of a link. He was an older guy that came in later in life. It was kind of a link for me as a more senior guy to some of the younger guys let's be honest, if you were in the Marine Corps, the younger guys and the older guys don't ever seem to be on the same page. You know, as a staff NCO or a sergeant, you know what I'm saying, in that leadership position, you know, a lot of times the younger guys don't really understand why you're doing the things you do. And I understand that. I get that. But you do things for a reason, whether you want to understand that or believe it or not. But this guy was kind of that go-to guy. He was that link for me. He was a guy I could lean on and ask questions that could go back to the younger guys and maybe deliver a message or bring a message back to me. So it had really shocked, and it kind of sent me down a a bad path. You know, I started drinking heavily, started doing different things uh, that I shouldn't be doing. And all the while I had an understanding wife, uh, an amazing wife, two great kids. Again, a dad that was a Vietnam veteran that had been through his issues on his own, but for some reason had the blinders on and could not see that I had a support network out there that cared about me and wanted to make sure I was doing good things. So because of that, that's where I am now. That's, that's what led me to where I am now and why I wanted to be a part of this today. Hope to be a part of it in the future. Love what we got going on. The reason I'm down here in Charleston with Chad at Vantage Point is to try to get plugged in in any way possible to any veteran that's out there and try to help through that transition process. So in 2000, late 2013, uh, got involved with a man uh, named Charlie Hall, who was the Marine Corps uh, MARSOC representative of MARSOC. Marine Corps uh, Wounded Warrior uh, representative for our, our area, uh, he came out to my home because of the way I'd been uh, retired and uh, sat down and talked with me and my family in my house and was telling me about an idea that he had to start a nonprofit in the upstate that would, that would help people through this transition. And I was like, man, I'm in. I'm all in. So I ended up leaving my job, a very well-paying job, to, to get jumped in on, you know, at the ground floor of this project and try to help build it up in any way that I could. Uh, we started out as an all volunteer network. Uh, we didn't have any funds, no money coming in. Uh, we just had a heart and a passion for veterans and a heart and a passion for making a difference. You know, had seen what people were going through, understood the way that my dad and our past had been, or you know, our past heritage had been treated from our veteran standpoint, and really just kind of drew that line in the sand, put our foot down, and said, you know what, we're, we're tired of this. It's not going to happen, not in our area, not while we're here. And we just started pushing forward. Uh, we were able to uh, secure some national level funding through a national uh, nonprofit to help us kind of plant that seed and get going and get the doors open. And I'm happy to say, man, that we are now, uh, we have three offices that covers a five county area in the upstate of South Carolina. And at, at this point in time, we've served well over 400 or 4,000 veterans and family members in the upstate of South Carolina in a wide range of services uh, that deal with anything from employment to housing, uh, education issues, benefits, uh, getting people plugged in in any way that we can, and really and super proud about the fact that we are, we've been able to stay small enough that we can still uh, sit down knee to knee across the table, have a cup of coffee, get to know someone's family, and really dig into the issues that those veterans are facing. And then from there, put together a, a community-led team aspect to gather around them and help them take the next step forward. Uh, during that time, we developed a fellowship program. We kind of went off of another nonprofit, this national that has a fellowship, and decided that we wanted to do the same. And from that, we were able to take veterans that were transitioning out, uh, that were in different areas of life. Uh, some were, were fresh and brand new, right out of the military, uh, and then others were had been out a little bit longer, maybe going to school. Some had been medically retired and were, you know, kicked back at the house on the couch, didn't know what to do with themselves, and you know, we just wanted to help them take those next steps forward. And so from there, we built a fellowship program that, that focuses on career development and their opportunity to find out what that next goal is. You know, we really want to lead and inspire those guys and gals to take those next steps. Because as Chad mentioned, we've got, we've got a group of veterans that are, are better trained and better educated than any group of veterans we've ever had in our past. And there's a lot of people out there that could benefit from their services, and we want to be there to help make that connection. So it was there in that fellowship that I met Chad. Uh, Chad came into my office and worked for me in Clemson, South Carolina, for six months before he had the opportunity to move into this role and uh, has been doing great things for us over in Greenville. And, and I guess, Chad, that, that's really, uh, I guess, I get a great point to start talking about that transition piece, man. I know when you came in, uh, you know, I, I've told you this before. You came into the office, and I saw a younger me rolling yeah, up in there yeah. full of energy, you know, full of piss and vinegar. If you want, you know what I'm saying? Like just ready to take on the world and really honestly, no offense with no direction whatsoever, yeah. just spinning in circles and yep. running all over the
1: place, man. Yep. It's uh, you know, the military, as much as we loathe it at times, it, it gives you a, a safety blanket. It gives you structure. And, you know, it, we always get those first aren't uh, briefs at the end of the week that we hate going into the weekend, you know, don't take away from the population don't add to the population and make sure you make it back state so you know that's uh you know but there's a reason they have to reiterate it every Friday and and honestly it's uh it's something we, we joke about but uh, you know there there's there's some structure in the military that you know all of us truly we join to find regardless of how much we don't like it once we're in it um, and you know and as Derek and I you know go through the the populace of, of veterans whether they're Marines I'm you know I'm a little bit uh, biased at being a Marine. I've got Derek here, um, who's one of my my biggest mentors and, uh, you know, an organization that is uh, uh, full of Marines. So, you know, we we joke about it, but we're a super Marine heavy organization. With that said, um, I see and hear from guys on a daily basis uh, that no matter what branch they were in, no matter whether they went to combat or not, you know they were wronged by uh, by NCOs, or they were wronged by their leaders, or they the med board process screwed them over, or they you know they feel as though and then they get out and they, as they felt wronged now they're uh, now they're moving on and they're finding that they feel the VA is wronging them. So it's a it's a vicious cycle, um, and that, that's something that Derek uh, you know his his way ahead and his direction that I jumped on was let's get these dudes out of that mindset. Let's keep them moving. Let's, let's get them up and out. Like, what can we do? Can we get them out? Can we get them out of the house? Can we just get them into school? Can we get them a job? Can we just be a friend for them? And that's, that's ultimately where I was hooked. And since then, you know, I did a six month fellowship up in Clemson. We uh, covered Pickens, Oconee and Anderson County in the upstate. Um, Now I'm working strictly in Greenville um, with some overlap with my outreach coordinators in Spartanburg and, uh, and Sam up at the Clemson office with Derek. But, You know, the truth is, um, veterans need things and veterans have been wronged in the past and we're as strong as we were in the military. We're very easily defeated by small things when we're out on our own, because we don't feel like we have somebody to our left and right. Um, so that's really what we try and combat. So at this time, I'd kind of like to, uh, take a moment and, uh, just open it up, uh, For callers, um, if you want to call in um, and talk with Derek and I, you know, maybe you've got an issue that you're dealing with, um, whether it's with the VA or something that mentally you're, you know, you're having a struggle with or a moral dilemma with, um, or maybe you just want to say hi. uh, Go ahead and shoot us a call at 646-668-8494. And uh, we welcome callers and we'll get you in as we can. but uh, we're gonna continue to talk about resiliency. And uh, I think that's uh, that's a, a really cool topic for us right now. Um, as we sit, uh, as we've said, we're down here at the Vantage Point Foundation in uh, in the Low Country of South Carolina. We bring uh, groups of guys that are combat veterans up from Buford area. Um, we have a Greenville team, and then we've got a Charleston team. And uh, so what we try and do is uh, really bring them in for an immersion and, and let them be around their brothers and break that cycle of life that they had at home that may be driving them in the wrong direction and give them a little bit of help. And the cool part is when we get back, we bring our guys back up to the Upstate, they have Upstate Warrior Solution to fall back on. So Derek, if you wouldn't mind, would you elaborate more on like what Upstate Warrior Solution has the capability to do and why we're a regional asset, but what they can, what a veteran or someone can look for in their area? Yeah, sure. So, the initial thought behind this was to get the community
0: involved. We realized that one, we live in a very patriotic country. And then two, we, we, the area that we live in is beyond patriotic. I mean, we've got a tremendous amount of people that want to help veterans that just maybe don't know how to get in touch with veterans or don't know the language, maybe a little intimidated by some of the things that they hear or see, you know, and I, I think, you know, good point to, to say here is, uh, The way the media portrays veterans now, as you know, has always driven me crazy uh, as this broken piece of machinery. You know what I mean? I'll say we see uh, about 100 100 veterans a month that come through our office uh, in all three locations total. Uh, Of those 100, the mass majority of those are doing good things, kicking in doors and going to school and, you know, uh, just conquering all sorts of stuff, running for office. They're community members. They're community leaders. They're entrepreneurs. You know, doing all those great things. What we want to be here for is to help to find the ones that have kind of maybe veered off path a little bit. Maybe they followed the wrong officer, if you will, in the wrong direction. If you're an officer, you know what I'm talking about with that joke, a uh, little bit of land naff. Um, but uh, in, in a sense, you know, we want to be able to steer those people back in the right direction by using community groups that are out there that already exist, by going to businessmen and businesswomen, business owners, getting involved with uh, HR representatives, talking to businesses that need employers and, and want veterans to work for, them. you know, getting involved uh, with the education uh, institutions that we have in the upstate, you know, getting to know the veterans that are already there, finding out if there's ways that we can help them, and then learning their enrollment process, finding out a way to, to help transition those veterans into uh, higher education and use their, utilize their, their benefits. And then one of the greatest things I think we've been able to do is we have got inside the Veteran Administration in our state and in our area. And let's be honest. The, the VA, uh, we all have our opinion about it, okay? It's, it's a very large system that needs some adjustment. It, it has its issues. But I can tell you from personal experience that I've found a whole bunch of great people that work inside the Veteran Administration that want to help veterans. There's a whole bunch of people in there that could be making money, a uh, lot more money in other areas, but they're not. They're working inside the VA because they want to help veterans. Now, it's difficult to get to them sometimes. It's very difficult to get in front of them sometimes, but that's where you can lean on someone like us at Upstate Warrior Solution. We've got those connections. We've been able to get in there, go through the, the proper channels uh, to get inside the VA and meet the right kind of people and help pe- get people get connected, veterans get in, get their appointments. Aside from that, we have a great family support program. We've gotten involved with our National Guard units in the Upstate and our Reserve units because we realize that as National Guard and Reserve, they don't have all of the luxury that we had as active duty military members on base. They don't have all the family support that the active duty members had on base. Um, and we want to be there for them. So it meant it's something as simple as, uh, you know, husband or wife's deployed, a tree falls in the yard. We've got people in the community that want to come pick it up for you. Get it out of there. You know, it could be, uh, whatever it is, you know, wife, uh, you're deployed and your, your family's struggling. Uh, they're having some issues we want to be uh, the ones that you call and get in touch with to help you connect those dots and and make sure everything's taken care of as you're deployed and going over and still in that fight and taking care of us here back at home. So, uh, you know, to start doing this kind of stuff, Chad, you you know, I've always, uh, I believe in education. I believe in educating yourself on what you're getting into and what you're getting ready to do. So, you know, when I got ready to start doing this kind of stuff, uh, when I started looking at uh, this whole piece of helping veterans, you know, first thing that popped in my mind, um, was was you know maybe being some sort of you know case manager, case coordinator, doing casework, if you will. Um, so that's that's what I did, man. I started going to school. I enrolled at Liberty University to get my degree. And uh, happy to say I'll graduate in May from Liberty University with a degree in uh, psychology and with a minor in military resiliency and crisis response. And it was in those classes, man, that I really honestly stumbled upon or paid attention to that word. Uh, for the first time. And that word of resiliency, you know, you know, honestly, man, in the Marine Corps and the infantry, I didn't didn't think about that word because, you know, resiliency is what we did. It was just part of who you were. You know, if you got knocked down you got up, you know, if you got hurt, you kept pushing forward and you didn't really do it for you. You did it for that guy to the left and the right of you because you knew if you fell down and couldn't get up, he had to get you and you didn't want to be that, that person. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, what is resiliency? What's that mean? You know what I mean? Resiliency, you know, the definition is, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness. And then the second part of that is the ability of a substance or object to spring back, you know, into shape. You've you've probably heard before, but you think about it. When you take a ball, man, you know, there's the big rubber balls. You drop that thing from a height of 20 feet. What's cool about that, man, to me is, is the higher you drop that ball, the harder it's going to bounce back. You know what I mean? If we can build those qualities in ourselves that, you know what, man, the harder you knock me down, the harder I'm going to get back up. Because you think about it, man, that thing's made out of something that, you know, for it to get its maximum compression, you got to drop it from the highest peak you can get it from. You know, and we got to be able to build those qualities into ourselves. Those resilient qualities that, you know, regardless of what's going on, regardless of how hard you hit me, man, I'm going to bounce back. I think that's where we're at with, with a lot of veterans. Now they just need that leadership to get pointed back in that right direction.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm brought back to a quote that we heard uh, this week while we're working with uh with our veterans um, he, out here at Vantage Point. And it was uh, an old samurai saying and uh, kind of mantra, get knocked down seven times, get up eight. And I, I think that's, uh, that's really what we have to learn to do in our new capacity. Our new capacity is no longer that warfighter. It's no longer that caretaker to, to men. It is now our obligation is to our community, to our family, but most importantly to ourselves, and you can't you can't give everything you have to the community or to your family unless you're taking care of yourself. And I think that's where we have a, we we see a lot of lapses um, when when we get a guy in the office and we you know we kind of give him the okay, how's this, how's that? Because we go we go at it from a holistic approach and we ask a lot of uh, somewhat prying questions to get to know this guy uh, just quickly. And you know we'll say, hey man, you know so what's going on here? And then well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. It sounds like you're a little overwhelmed. When's the last time you did something for yourself? And that's something that's had to be told to me because I'm horrible at it. I always serve others before myself. Um, and, you know, so it's uh, it's something that that uh, I, I'm glad to say that I, I'm able to be a part of and watch men who come in, you know, a little broken or with a little bit of a shake in their eyes to to walk away with their head held high at the end of the day and say, damn, we're on the right track, and I I have a new way forward, and I I feel like I I can do something now. Yeah. You know, so in my mind,
0: resiliency is nothing more than progression. not backwards. You keep moving forward. So it's just progression. So my question is, you know, what are you doing to progress? And for me, to to really tell my side of it, my story, man, I got to go way back. I mentioned it in the intro, man, when you gave me a chance to talk about where I came from. I dropped out of high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can honestly tell you, that's, that's the thing that I quit in life. And I'm going to be honest, it, it has driven me since I, I I did that to be a better person. It, it looking back on it now at 41, you know, several years removed from high school, it's given me a drive that I didn't always maybe recognize as a younger guy. But I look back on it now, and that that was my resilient moment. That was the thing that that made me say, No, I'm not doing this. I will not be this guy. You know, I look back at it, and I'm like, I get into the Marine Corps. I'm on to grad out of boot camp. You know, go on to follow-on schools, honor grad, leadership awards. Not trying to toot my own horn, because I promise you, man, if you know me, I'm not the smartest guy, all right? I'm not the fastest. I'm not the strongest. You know, whatever the case may be. But I just had that mindset of, you know what, I'm not going to let this define me. It's not going to make me who I am that I dropped out of high school. So I went on to get uh, a GED, which I, I have a very funny story about. Maybe we tell it some other time. But I uh, got a GED on the spot because I, I didn't realize I needed it to re enlist. Uh, so went down, took a test, passed, and then followed up, you know, with with some higher education well, going on. come on, into
1: all right. you're being humble, but what you you took a GED test on on when you at at a moment's notice, and then where did you end up falling? I forgot. What was it? I, okay, I, I finished uh I had the highest GED score in the state of North Carolina for the year, and
0: uh, the funniest part of that is my wife uh, is finishing up her doctorate, and uh, it, right now, so she's an extremely smart lady, so the greatest part for me was I went home and uh, I hung it on the wall above her master's and undergrad degree because <laughs> mine said number one on it and hers
1: didn't. So there you go. <laughs> hey, we're competitive always. So, uh, you know, resiliency uh, is, is a great topic and it's, it's very broad, not just as simple as, uh, as going to see that one person. It's a, you have to go at it from multiple angles. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, when we, when we look at the most, Critical situations that Derek and I deal with on a daily basis, uh, interacting with the veterans populace on on a daily basis uh, out out and about, you know, what we run into is these guys that they've lost themselves. They've lost their purpose. And that, that P word, that purpose is the most important thing, whether it's I've lost my purpose. I don't like my job because my job isn't fulfilling the way it was in the military, or I've lost my purpose because... I'm crumbling with PSD symptoms and fixing it with alcohol and it's destroying my family. But when you ask that guy, well, you know, what, what drive do you have in your life? What purpose? I don't have any. And, you know, so we try and fill those voids with anything we can, whether it's substances, um, activity, um, projects, helping others. And, and that's what I'm most guilty of. I'm constantly, constantly, you know, out there helping somebody, I will I will stop everything I'm doing just to help one person. But then my counselor has to look at me and go, "All right, you'll stop everything for them. So when's the last time you stopped and looked at yourself? And self-reflection is a key a key piece in this. And and being open and honest with yourself, being able to be upfront and honest with yourself, and not romanticize what's going on, not fall victim to the woes of the VA and your ailments and, and how you were treated in the military or you're being ostracized from this, or it's not going well at work, but moving forward and, and, and finding your way um, it's a, it's a long path. And, uh, Derek and I work with a guy named Kennedy from the veteran center, um, which if you haven't heard from the veteran, heard about the veteran center, um, we're going to have a guy on, uh, on a later show that helped to create the vet center to help, uh, his fellow Vietnam veterans, and uh, it's still a resource that we have available for all combat veterans, um, and that's where I go to my counseling. I won't lie. I'm not am not ashamed of it. I go to counseling once a week, um, and I, I encourage anybody who's not going to counseling to be self-reflective for a moment. Put the bottle down and say, maybe I should go talk to somebody, and when you go in to talk to somebody, be honest. If you go in there just fill an hour, you're just filling an hour. You're not getting anything out of it. Take it and be honest, be upfront. Like your counselor, move to another one, but don't give up on counseling. Um, but he has this great thing about the wandering warrior and the elder warrior, and that's something that uh, Derek and I both really love. Um, so, you, Chet, you said
0: something, man. You said two things, actually, that I think are a good place to focus on. You said you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You said you got to be able to, to look in the mirror, if you will, or be reflective on what you got going on. But think about it for a minute. Think about Think about most of the veterans that we see on a daily basis that, that have lost that sense of purpose. Right? In many cases, man, and I'll speak for myself. You know, I told you, I, I got out of the Marine Corps, had a great family, had the greatest family you can ask for. But I refused to see it because I wasn't being honest with myself and I wasn't being reflective of what I had around me. I had taken what I thought was my only sense of purpose of being a Marine. It's what I had driven into me. And and, and, and let's be honest, man, if you're, if you're in the military, that's an unbelievable amount of pride. That's not just... It's not your everyday thing, you know what I mean? But it can, it can happen for anybody. You know, what about the football player that's in the NFL for six, seven years, and he's living life, and then he gets hurt, and it's done, it's over. That transition takes place. Everything that he had started working on at six, seven years old in the, in the rec leagues is now over. His life's completely changed. You know, what about the, the factory worker? You know, what about whatever, you plug it in. It doesn't matter what it is or what you're doing out there. It can be for anybody. But what we've got to be able to do as people, not only as veterans, but in general, is take a step back from the situation. And maybe that's through the help of the counselor, like you're talking about, like Rob has helped me do this tremendously. We take that step back and we look at what we what else we have around us. Where can we transition that sense of purpose? Where can we plug into something else? What do we have that's important in our lives that we can move into? And I know for me, you know, having that family, you know, having that moment of, uh, you know, realization, that clarity that, that showed me, hey, man, you've got you've got what everybody uh, strives to get in this world. Like, you've got the American dream, dude. Yep. You know, you, you have it right here. What are you whining about? What are you bitching about? Right. Like, get busy being a part of the American dream. You know, forget about what has happened in the past. That's in the past. Yep. That samurai that got knocked down seven, eight times, when he got up to time, he can't focus on the other times he got knocked down because yep. there's somebody in front of him that's trying to knock him down again. And being able to refocus and reshift and, and just focus in and get that sense of purpose again is a huge part of what we're trying to do for veterans and just help them move in that right direction, man. And that's what excites me about things like this that we're doing right now at Venice Point, this radio show, Upstate Warrior Solution, any veteran that's out there and willing to listen that wants to talk about this topic, man, that's that's just, that's just where we are. That's where our heart's at, and that's what we want to do. Well,
1: you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that one of, the, uh, one of the things that we use every day, but we overlook as an asset for us and finding help uh, as a veteran to find local resources, community resources, because, uh, you know, Upstate Warrior Solution, we do a great job. We fill the void between the DOD, Wounded Warrior, and VA. Where they fall short, we try and fill that gap. And we're able to do it regionally. But there's national level assets. There's regional assets. There's community assets that are willing to help you out. And one of the things that's so funny, as I said, we we use it every day, but it's hard for us to pick it up and and look for ourselves is half my work and my casework at my office is Googling something, whether it's helping to find a a veteran, find his grants uh, for school so he can help because he's running low on his GI Bill, Um, whether it's finding resources for housing, um, substance abuse counseling. you know, uh, family resources, proper doctors, good counselors, um, you know, they, you'd be amazed at the the love that's out there for you if you just seek it. Uh, if you just seek it and you, and you just do a simple Google search, you will find that there are groups and, and projects out there that are willing and able to help you in ways where you know, you're sitting there and dwelling and thinking that you're the only one in that fight and, uh, and that no one can help you. And not only will I say that there are groups out there, but there's also veterans in your community that you can outreach to. There are veterans everywhere. Find that guy that looks like a vet sitting in the coffee shop and approach him. Don't be ashamed and say, hey, man, you a vet. And if they're not, whatever, that's fine. But move on. Find another guy. Keep asking until you find somebody. Go out and be social until you find a friend. Once you find a friend, find a good friend that'll be there for you. Somebody that if your car breaks down or you got to take your kid to the emergency room at 2 a.m. and you need somebody to go to your house so that your you know, older kid has uh, somebody to wake up at the house to that you trust, go and find those people and create your own community and help each other because the government's not going to fix this for us. The government screws up everything they pick up. So we've got to be able to do it through community action and, and nonprofits and, and trust the VA, uh, but understand that no organization or entity that runs anywhere is perfect or flawless. So, know when it's not going well, not to go internal, but to seek help and ask questions. Be persistent. Be persistent and find ways to focus. Dude, again, I'll jump in on what you're saying. It's,
0: you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, being on active duty, you didn't, resiliency was not at the forefront of your mind because it's just what you did. But there was, a, again, a reason why you did it. It was that guy to the left or the right, like Chad's talking about. Find a team. Find that team. I, I can tell you, like, I've got a group of guys uh, that are surrounding me now uh, in the upstate that are that are all veterans. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're the guys I lean on. They're the guys I call. Many times they're the reason I get up and push forward in the day because, you know, I'm going to report back to them on the things I'm doing. They're my battle buddy. They're that same battle buddy I had on active duty. They're just my battle buddy now in life. You know what I mean? So find those guys. Find that family member. You know, dude, I mean, think about it. What, what's different about what we're doing out here than what you did as part of a team? We get to grow beards
1: and, and look awesome.
0: Well, that's the best
1: part. Yeah. Uh, and absolutely. we can do what we can do what we want. And we, yeah, yeah.
0: And I don't have to show up in formation. And I don't have to sleep in a rain. Right. But, but if I
1: don't want to. Exactly. But I can if I want to. And I encourage you all, if you're curious about what's the most healing thing that doesn't take medication, go out in nature. Go fish, go hike, go camp. Derek and I, man, it's uh, like you said, man, I, it, we, we clicked instantaneously. We've got, we ride a lot of the same wavelength. So I'd like to uh, uh, accountability piece here in a second, but I want to encourage our, our viewers uh, also one more time. Um, you know, we're going to be wrapping up here uh, probably in the next 15 minutes or so. If you want to get a call in and uh, talk to us, ask a question, see what we're doing and how we're doing it to make it work. Um, call 646 uh, 646- six, six, eight, four, nine, four. And again, I just want to throw a a, a very uh, solid thank you out to lions radio network for uh, putting us on here. Um, So we're going to go ahead and continue on. Um, What I'd like to uh, just close that, uh, that piece out with was uh, that accountability piece. You know, I mean, in the Marine Corps, like Derek said, we woke up and, and we did everything because if we didn't, somebody else had to pick up the slack and we never wanted to be that person. Find somebody that can help you be accountable out in your new world, in your new realm. Like he said, we, we get to wake up every morning and know that I got to go help somebody. And that gets me out of bed. But I'll tell you this. When I first got out of the military and I was I was living up close to Derek, we didn't even know it at the time, but, you know, up in the mountains, in the, uh, in, in the Blue Ridge Mountains, um, up on a lake, you know, um, I, I didn't have any accountability from a friend. I didn't have a reason to wake up. I, I had days because of depression and pain from my injuries that I, if I got up and brushed my teeth, that was a victory. And, you know, it's, it's only been a year, but I feel like I've been able to progress a long way because once I found Derek, well, he found me technically, I'll give you that. But, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, once I, once I was going to the office every day, once I was helping veterans and I realized I had to, you know, not necessarily shave my face, but, you know, clean it up a little bit, maybe get a haircut. That was good. I was a little bit of a wild man. Uh, you know, I went with that, got out, no haircut, no shave for, I think I was what four months in about there when, uh, when I got, when I got to the office. So, um, anyway, uh, you know, Derek was able to keep me accountable. Derek is, uh, that's why I say he is such a great mentor to me. Derek not only has the same back problems I have, but has the same loss of, uh, of, of, military service, loss of of friendship and but he had created a great foundation up in Clemson and that I was able to, you know, kind of fall in on and I, I can't tell you how thankful I am that I had something like that. So find yourself somebody or something to keep you accountable. Maybe it's just waking up and going to the gym. Maybe it's going to a coffee meetup for veterans or for, you know, future employment. Find something that forces you to be accountable and do the things that we all knew we did in the service. We got up, we shaved, we were in good shape, we were eating right, you know, we were trying our best and, you know, can't say that for everybody, but I'm just, I I know that for me that was, that was a huge part of what I needed and now that I have that again, I have a reason uh, to hold myself accountable so that I can hold others accountable without having to look at myself like I'm, you know, sitting on high and not, not walking the walk, just talking the talk and I, you know, I, I think that as leaders, we all know that you have to lead from the front and by actions, not words. So, um, that said, uh, I want, I want to go ahead and transition. Um, we're, we're just going to kind of talk about some of the, some of the things I've had the privilege of, uh, going to, and Derek's had the privilege of going to that have been really awesome adventures. And, you know, if you're, if you're just needing something to break a cycle of, uh, of, of bad, um, bad karma, bad life, bad, whatever you got going on, bad drinking, you know, Hey, I need to get up and go out and do something. And you want to be around the right people. Um, you know, I had the uh, the privilege when I was uh, in April to to go to a, a group called Focus Marine Foundation, which is out in uh, out outside St. Louis in Missouri. Um, and it got me around it again. It taught me how to have a purpose, and it taught me where I should find that. And I also got to go out and go fishing and be on a beautiful property, and you know, play with horses, and you know. But it, it's it's one of those things that. That was my turning point, and shortly thereafter, when I came back from that, um, Derek picked me up at Upstate Warrior Solution. But you know, other than that, I, I had uh, I got to go down to Florida. Um, shout out to uh, uh, Colonel Anthony Fernandez down at uh, Project Healing Waters uh, with the um, Purple Heart Warrior fishing tournaments that we they got going on down there in the Everglades. Um, got to go down there and uh, caught a, about a seven or eight foot shark on a ten pound line. Got to got to fish for snook and drum and all kinds of just really great fish. It was a a wonderful time, a great time to get out into nature, especially the Everglades. I'd never seen anything like that. It was absolutely gorgeous and came back, you know, and those little things, it's little trips like that, that man, it can really help to reset you. It can, it can show you that, you know, you can go outside your bubble and still be safe because when you get there, you've got veterans and buddies that are going through the same thing and then you bond and all this stuff. So, I guess that, uh, you know, I'll allow Derek to kind of talk about, it. he's been on some really cool hunting trips and things like that. So um, go ahead, Derek. Yeah, man. So uh, same opportunities uh, that
0: you're talking about. And uh, there's a lot of good organizations down in the low part of the country here in, uh, in the state. Uh, just getting out on these trips, uh, was able to to bring some guys along that were really kind of reluctant to go in the beginning and then had the opportunity to see how big of an impact it had on them. Uh, just again, like Chad said, from being around their brothers, uh, it goes right back into what we were talking about of just getting connected with one another, being a part of uh, that group and that team. Again, a lot of great opportunities. Uh, we we have some stuff in the upstate that we can help get you connected to if you're in that area. Uh, if not, like Chad said, just jump on Google, get connected, uh, get connected to what's out there for you. Um, one of the one of the key steps uh, to resiliency is is just that you know getting connected, developing that strong network. of of positive relationships, positive people, people in the area that can help you uh, get out to events. Uh, I know, I know when I just said that right now, uh, there's some of you listening that say, man, I I don't do that. I don't get out to events. So start small. I'm not saying go to a football game where there's 80,000 people or a concert where there's more, you know, start small, go buy a coffee shop, you know, sit down and meet that veteran that's there, or find somebody to go with you. you know, find that battle buddy, start small, you know, Biggest, you know, another step in that is just, just choosing optimism, being optimistic about what you've got going on in your future. You know, these programs, the ones we're talking about and that we went to, gave us that opportunity uh, to kind of open up our mind, my, our mindset, man, to, to get our juices flowing again in our in our old brain housing group of looking forward. So be optimistic. Man, be, be into doing something new. You know, like I, I grew up in the mountains, had never been mountain biking. You know what I mean? And then I uh, had a friend of mine that invited me to go on a trip, was able to go mountain biking. Now I'm, I I have a bike. My family, we, we do it together. I go with friends. Uh, just, again, getting out in nature. You know, don't, don't be afraid to try something new. Let's be honest. You tried something extremely new when you went to boot camp for basic training. You know, none of us had an idea, dude. I, I'll tell you, man, I thought uh, when I joined the Marine Corps that I, I would be shooting guns. And then, like, maybe, you know, if I lost my gun right out of ammo, I could jump in a tank. You know what I'm saying? Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, jive the tank. Yeah. And I'm still a Call of Duty, man. I'm still a little bit disappointed uh, that I didn't get to do all those things. But, you know, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, you know, when the drill instructors came out, started going nuts, man. I was, like, out of my mind. I didn't know what was happening. You know, another big one is is look at the big picture. You know, try to think outside of what you got going on right around you and think down the road. And then, really, for guys like us, let's be honest. If you served any time overseas, you know some guys that didn't make it back. All right. You you know, you know, guys that made that ultimate sacrifice. So, if we look at the big picture of things, we're very fortunate, we're very blessed, we're very lucky to have the opportunity to even sit around and complain about hurting. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say, man, is if you have the capability, get in shape. Yeah. Get in shape. Yep. Think back to how you felt when you were in the military, man, how things were going good for you. Get out, get those juices flowing, eat right, you know, put good things in your body. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You don't. You know, you don't put friggin' 89 octane in a jet in a jetliner and try to fly it down the airstrip. <laughs> it's gonna sputter. It's not gonna work. Sure. Same thing, man. I'll be honest. We we uh we've been fed good here the last couple of days. We have. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of pancakes and bacon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Where's the eggs at? <laughs> I'm feeling a little different right now. You know? <laughs> but that's it, man. Just get out there, get plugged in, uh, be optimistic, be involved, uh, and look for those other people. And you know what?
1: I will challenge you to learn to love yourself, no homo, but uh, you know, I mean, that's a, that's one of the things that we've gotta, you know, we've gotta be able to do and that's learn to love ourselves. And um, you know, that, with that said, goals, Um, set a goal, set a short, mid and long-term goal and understand that those are flexible. So if you meet your first goal and you realize, well, man, maybe my third goal isn't exactly where I want it to be. Readjust those goals, don't be afraid to have to adjust because we're, we're, we were really good at adjusting on the fly in service. But now it seems like one small thing where we think it's going to happen can defeat somebody to the point to where they isolate themselves for months at a time. Derek and I see it every day. Yeah. So I'd like to uh, take this opportunity, um, talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart. And uh, we're actually out here involved in it right now. Um, as we've discussed, you know, Derek and I work for Upstate Warrior Solution uh, up in the upstate Um, But out of uh, that program that I went to in April called Focus Marine Foundation, um, something spawned uh, out here in South Carolina that I think is absolutely uh, not only needed, but a a, a 100% beautiful thing. And, um, you know, what it is, is we bring some veterans down here, uh, down to the coast, and we get them um, moving in the right direction. And... What we do to do that is is we talk about what it is inside of them that is holding them back. For some, it's PTSD. For some, it's just one traumatic event. For some, it's an array or a long history of traumatic events. For some, it's physical ailments. For some, it's aggression issues. For some, it's isolationism and agoraphobia. We have many that not here, but uh, in many places are, you know, have suicidal ideations that have made it through. And when we bring guys and gals down here to vantage point, it's a, it's a sanctuary There's a safe place where these veterans can come know they're loved and be around people that genuinely want to see them succeed. And for a lot of these guys, they haven't had anybody around them. That's like that in sometimes years, we've got guys that, You know, we try and catch guys that are early in transition, like when I was found um, in April, you know, coming out in November. And, but some of these guys have been out for seven years and they've been holding on to this. Some of them a decade, we, you know, and they've been holding on to this and they have no way of letting it go because they've self medicated, they've been aggressive, they've driven away relationships, they have trust issues, they can't be good family members, they've destroyed families. They've destroyed their lives with drugs or alcohol. They've, you know, gone completely, completely against everything that we knew as service members. And um, so we bring them down here and we give them a chance to just know that they're not the only one, that there's someone to, the, to their left and to the right. We've got about, you know, 25 or so participants, um, two mentors uh, for every three participants. And we break up into groups and we go through something that is a curriculum that uh, is like nothing I've ever seen. I don't know, Derek, have you ever seen anything like this? Absolutely not. I tell you, man, I've been blown away over the last few
0: days. I've been down here uh, just at the level of uh, stuff that's taking place here from a delivery standpoint, the care, uh, the way it's being delivered and handled, and really just the way these guys have opened up and progressed forward in just a short period of time. It's amazing.
1: I'm very lucky to have been uh, someone that, you know, coming out of focus, they they, uh, they grabbed me and they saw some hope in me and, uh, you know, they brought me down to start helping out with Vantage Point. We had our pilot uh, last October um, and this is our first course that we've run. So um, we brought six guys down uh, from the upstate uh, and every one of them, I, I got the, the most, the most impactful thing for me that gets me every time is I watch. A man who walks in, head down, sad, won't make eye contact, defeated, someone who is defeated, walk out of here with their head held high, making jokes, with a plan, looking to the future, knowing where they want to go, and coming out of it and going, I'm about to kick this world's ass. And it's awesome. It's awesome. You get to to move forward. You get a launching point to do that, and you get a support system to do that, and you get to see your brothers that are going through something different, but now they're going through the same thing as far as their care plan. And you come together once again as a team. You get cohesion. You get that brotherhood. And then, while all of this stuff's going on, we're developing them. We take them out every afternoon and we go surfing with Warrior Surf Foundation and Andrew Manzi, who's uh, my guest from last time, um, who was CNN's Top Ten Heroes of the Year, one of my one of my dear friends. Um, who also went to Focus. He got through Focus uh, as a Marine and um, and he opened up his own nonprofit. So you can kind of see how this is snowballing. I mean, there's it seems like this nonprofit thing out here is really connecting. And, you know, it's something that, you know, South Carolina is very fortunate that we've got some really people, uh, some really good people with really good brains that really care about veterans that have come together and said, we need this. And it's pocketed itself in the low country and the up country and, you know, everywhere, and and we're creating a beautiful network of of care providers, of brothers that now know they can contact somebody if they need that phone call. They've got somebody an hour away if they need, if they got a blown out tire, you know, and that right there in and of itself reinvigorates the fire that those guys lost when they got out, and it helps them to bound past those traumatic events that have been haunting them and learn how to start processing them in a, in a healthy way as opposed to a, a deconstructive way. And so between upstate warrior solution vantage point and some key players like Kim Bradley, who was on last time uh, as uh, as our Navy Marine Corps relief society, combat casualty nurse, um, you know, those are the people who have made these things happen. And I'm, I'm really proud to say that South Carolina is doing it right. What we need from you guys and from our viewers and from the nation is for them to be able to to start realizing that we can do this in the community. Upstate Warrior Solution doesn't want to grow and take over Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia. We want to stay where we're at because we know that our community loves taking care of its own community, and that's what we draw on. But communities outside, communities around the nation, communities everywhere need to realize that they can step up and they can help a veteran and that the veteran themselves they can find somebody out there in their community that's willing to help so we need to start building that you know i'll go as far as to say this i think the communities are ready
0: yeah so you know we, we at no you know for the first time in a very long time and for a reason we live in a country that supports our veterans yep um i think a big part of that is is everybody uh, still remembers and understands what happened to our Vietnam veterans when they came back and it was just wrong, you know, and let's be honest, man, we're, we're a divided country on many issues right now, very divided, but that's okay. That's all right. That's what made this country what it is. And, that, and that's how we came to so far and, and where we are. It, it's okay to have opinion. That's what, that's what people lay down their lives for. All right. Now there's certain ways to do that and do it the right way, but we won't get into all that, but, but you know, it's okay to have that opinion. What we need, we need a whole bunch of people, to step up and start forming these community groups and bring everybody together. We've got a whole bunch of people in the country that want to help, but we need to start building these communities all across the nation to help put that stuff together. And we, again, we had a a national nonprofit group uh, that was able to help us do that. Uh, If you want more information on that, or if you're interested in uh, maybe branching out in your area of the country and starting a group like ours, uh, get in touch with us through upstatewarriorsolution.org. Check that out. Uh, there's, there's spots, uh, we have community partners in Houston, Texas, out in California, up in New York, uh, that have started and are doing the same things that we're doing all across this nation. So, if you're in the Midwest, if you're, you know, Northeast, it doesn't matter. Um, if you're interested in getting involved, if you want to start to put a group together that's, uh, that's like ours, that's getting the community involved and connected with helping veterans, uh, feel free to get in touch with us and we'll get you in touch with the correct people and get you all the information that you need. Uh, to start making those things happen,
1: yeah, and that's uh that's where we're at, and that's uh that's what we're doing, and you know um it's not to say that what we have going on is everywhere, so um i, I would be remiss if i if I tried to make that statement because i I don't know, but what I can tell you is um I'm very thankful for all of you all who tuned in um and uh gave us your time and uh, i I hope it was uh something that learn from and and you're going to walk away with a little bit better understanding or a little bit of a warmer feeling about who you are as a person or where you can be and where you can go to. So what I'd like to do now is once again, thank uh, Lions Radio for uh, allowing us the opportunity to host this. Um, And uh, I'll go ahead and uh, say that, you know, down here at Vantage Point, we're doing a lot of really good things. Um, Vantage Point's a very new organization. Um, They need a lot of help. If you are out in the uh, the Charleston or South Carolina area and want to help contribute in any way, um, every every little bit helps. Everything is uh, is something that um, will definitely uh, be received with open arms. So, uh, uh, And if you're in the upstate and you need assistance and you want to get in contact with Upstate Warrior Solution um, and, and get in contact with Derek or myself, uh, I encourage it. Um, we've got links at the bottom here, uh, Vantage Point. Uh, is, at, is at the bottom as well vantagepointfoundation.org um, and, uh, and again we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and close out I think uh, what I'd like to do and, and start today is um, close out every, every one of our shows with uh, uh, a really motivational quote that I, I think will resonate through, uh, through everybody that could be listening so with that said Derek thank, thank you so much for being on the show I really appreciate everything you do I appreciate you and what you do for me as a brother. Um, and I'll let you go ahead and close this out and, and read your quote. Again, man, thanks thanks to everyone involved in this.
0: Thanks for this opportunity, man. I get so pumped uh, just to have the opportunity to, to even think about, uh, you know, a veteran that's, that's struggling, man, taking that step forward and, and, and moving in the right direction. And that being said, we've talked a lot about that today. You know, we talked about that resiliency piece and just, you know, progress in general. So I, th- I think this quote is very fitting. It's from Dwight D. Eisenhower. It says, neither a wise nor a brave man, lies down on the tracks of history to wait for the train of the future to run him over. So if you're out there, man, if you're laying on those tracks, get off, it's time to get up. If you got something bad going on in life, that's okay. So, so do other people and so have other people, but it's time to be the the wise man that gets up off the tracks and starts moving forward.
1: Stay strong warriors. And, uh, just know that you'll be able to find this uh, episode on iTunes, uh, here very soon. We encourage any, uh, any feedback that you have, please, uh, Throw us a shout out. uh, Let us know what we're doing good, what we're doing bad. Uh, We encourage it and uh, stay strong. Ask for help. Don't sit there by yourself and think you're alone.